What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demling here with y'all. As always, quick recruiting episode here today that I wanted to get in. Uh, we have had a significant amount of recruiting news, uh, bigger recruiting news over the past week or so. So want to get that in. Here today, uh, we'll be talking a little 23s, uh, and then we'll also uh, dip into a little bit of what Army and Navy have been doing in the 2024 class uh, thus far in Air Forces 1, uh, but they, they only have one uh, Air Force as well. They only have one commit there. Uh, thus far, Army and Navy have been hitting it hard since the July 1st contact period opened for those service academy programs. Uh, But we're not going to start this podcast with recruiting per se. Do you want to start this with the Adrenaline All-American game? This was played on Sunday. And now there is another game, All-American game, on this Sunday. The Under Armour All-American game. uh, Excuse me, on Saturday or Sunday, which is the 30th? Saturday, excuse me. On Saturday at 8.30 p.m. on ESPNU, uh, the underlying All-American game. Uh, so we'll have uh, you know coverage of that on the, on the site as well. But the Adrenaline All-American game this past weekend, uh, the Nationals win 10-9 over the Americans. Lehigh uh, bound Grant Rodney, uh, grabbing MVP. Honors there. Just wanted to kind of you know highlight a couple, couple standouts from <clears throat> from this event. Um, first and foremost, great to see the number of states uh, you know represented there: uh, Idaho, Georgia, Florida. I think those are the only two southern states there. Uh, but you know, Washington, Texas. California, Colorado, uh, really the entire West, uh, Nevada. Good to see them there as well. Um, so uh, uh, really you get to see the growth of the game out West when, when you tune into these kinds of events. And, and it's really cool to see, uh, you know, this being an event just for basically, uh, you know, players from non-traditional areas. And majority of them, uh, I think there was only one player from uh, Massachusetts, and there hasn't been that many players from uh, you know the East Coast that that, that, that play in these or that played uh, on the East Coast. So I mean, it's really cool to see the growth of the game there, and just a level of talent out there as well uh, that you see in, in the game you know, continues to grow, continues to get better all over the country, and that is certainly true out on the West Coast. <clears throat> as well. So let's let's highlight a couple players here. Uh, MVP, I, I mentioned Grant Rodney, the Lehigh commit out of Air Academy in Colorado. Um, you know, really, really showed in this game his ability to get separation, his ability to use his speed to beat defenders, get separation, get his stick 
open and stay in the back of the cage. And, you know, his first goal of the game came in the second quarter, kind of rolls away from his defender and just makes a beeline towards the middle of the field. Uh, literally, right as he passes the hash marks, it was on a football field, right as he passes the hash marks <clears throat> at about, I think, 10 yards out it was, hit, you know, hits it, um, you know, stings the top left corner, I believe it was, um, or, or right, whatever, but put, puts it in the cage. Really, really impressed with him. I had not seen him play um, at all through, you know, I hadn't seen highlights. I had not seen him play a game. So my first time seeing him play and, and was very, very impressed with, with what he brought and, and the tools that he showed there, his speed, his quickness, his ability to get separation, uh, just very, very impressive. And uh, had two goals on the day, gets the MVP honors. I think he might have had an assist as well um, in, in the contest, but uh, the attackman really, really impressed. And, and then Max Sloat, another attackman out of Sacred Heart Prep, California, heading to Duke. <clears throat> no, he really, so he was on the um, the Americans, and, and, and they were, were down seven to one and a half. And then they had, uh, his name is escaping me, the player from Idaho. Um, oh, gosh, his name is escaping me. Uh, hit the uh, fastest shot contest, and whoever won that, uh, one thirteen it was. I'm looking up the name right now. Uh, but whoever you know, won the fastest shot contest, you got three points added to your team. So it went from 7-1 to one to 7 um to four in uh, quite a fast, quite a fast time with that being there at the halftime. And, and I apologize here, really bad podcast. and trying to look up this name real quick. I'm completely blanking on who it was that won that contest there. Here we go, the roster here, Idaho, Idaho. Okay, Rowan, Rowan Hines out of Bishop Kelly in Idaho heading to Robert Morris, that's who it was. Won the fastest shot contest, a pole, 113 miles an hour. Uh, freaking amazing. But back to, back to Max Sloat. Max Sloat, you know, his, his team needed that um, in, in the third quarter. You're down 7-4 to four after that. Um, heading into into the the, the second half, and um, he came to life like a, that 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 offense. It was really a talented attack line that, that he was part of there, and they really weren't doing much at all um, on the day. And he really you know gets it in there, and um, yeah, c- cuts the deficit to one uh, with two consecutive goals to start the third quarter. Both his his scores, um, but you know, one was from behind the cage where, kind of, uh, if I remember correctly, defender kind of hedged, you know, slid out to him, and he just ran right past him. And then the other one, I'm blanking on, it was from uh, on on the wings, I believe. Uh, but both times, just like gets literally just the the, the slightest edge on his defender, uh, the second one suddenly, and just takes that. Uh, all, all, all the way and, and puts it in the back of the cage really showed a lot there uh, for him. Uh, <clears throat> who I thought, so in terms of midfield play, I, you know, 
Logan Ip, I, I thought was one of the best midfield was probably the best midfielder there in terms of what he showed, um, especially late in the game, uh, where you know heading to Hollywood, Corona Del Mar, California, uh, the Hollywood uh, signee. He um, he get, got for the, the the Americans who was on that team that was down in, in the losing team. Um, Threads the needle with an assist of Jack Papernick in the inside, and then you know inverts on a short stick, um, gets above GLE and, and just a, a absolute beautiful beautiful underhand shot. Um, you know Ip did a fantastic job. Uh, you know in between the lines as well uh, throughout the game, uh, not just in the second half, but throughout the game, doing a great job in between the lines of getting those crucial ground balls that helped keep his team in the game there. Another player for the uh, you know, face-off dot, the one guy who really, you know, shined the entire time was Wilson Van Buren. Uh, playing for the Americans team, which uh, was the losing team, you know, they started slow, but he surely didn't. Um, the lone representative from the state of Georgia heading to Georgetown, um, I mean, he dominated. Uh, going up against Grant Guthrie and Tyler uh, Kokic, uh, you know, gave the, you know gave them plenty of trouble all all night long. Um, Van Buren goes fifty eight percent on the day by my count, uh, ten for seventeen. Might have been eighteen. I you know I, I was keeping track um, myself, so you know it's not an official number, but went you no know, fifty eight sixty percent fit no above fifty five percent. Is is what he was on the day. Very very impressive, um, as expected. As expected, no, no surprise there. Having having watched him uh, down there in the, in the Peach State, no, absolutely no surprise there that he's going to come in and, and dominate an All Star game. And there's one defenseman that that on on my article here, uh, dot com that I mentioned as a you know. Defenseman it, it, in a lot of all American games, these kind of all star showcases, you, you don't get a lot of defensemen that really shine or that stand out unless they are scoring goals and, and taking it upfield and all of that. Um, one guy, however, who stood out really among the rest defensively was Bellevue, Washington product Landon Johnson. Heading to Drexel, and look, this is a guy I've been a big fan of him for multiple years now. Five foot nine, one hundred eighty pounds. He is like the Drexel defense. Like you look at how Drexel plays defense, and you watch him play, and you're like, that is, it's it's exactly the the kind of guy they look for there at Drexel. Physical playmaker, constantly puts the ball on the carpet. Uh, he matched up with Chad Palumbo for a good portion of the game, helped hold him scoreless and helped hold that um, Americans attack line really give them trouble all day. Landon Johnson uh, was, you know, the best defenseman on the field. Uh, again, heading to Drexel out of Bell- Bellevue, Washington. Now, Highlight two goalies here. Like so, the goalies kind of split time. Obviously, uh, two guys I was most impressed with: Connor Knight out of Jesuit Dallas, there in Texas, heading to Richmond, 
Um, I've talked about him on this podcast before. Big, big Connor Knight fan. Uh, you know, takes up plenty of cage. Um, and really is a special talent. Gives a ton of trouble to shootings. Um, had five saves on the day, played in the first half of this game. Uh, just showed what we already knew. Showed what we already knew. Uh, he's a guy I think could, could, could come in and, and potentially be, you know, the heir apparent to uh, that Richmond goalie uh, position, which has been so coveted and such a great, uh, you know, position goalie play at Richmond has been so good and the defenses have been so good. Um, you know, to get a guy like him in there is, is going to con- help continue that trend. And then Sam, Sam Cooper, a uh, player I've not seen play before uh, out of Santa Fe Christian, heading to Dartmouth. Uh, and uh, Santa Fe Christian, California, being that, uh, you know, heading to Dartmouth. And I've mentioned it before, I think Dartmouth's doing a great job in the recruiting trail, getting the guys that they need. I think, you know, we'll see if they improve enough to um, eventually, you know, be a be a threat in the Ivy League. We saw them have some close calls this season. We saw them start pretty strong. Um you know, so, so so we'll see how these guys do. And they got a lot of young players in there right now that are making uh, some good plays. Sam Cooper, uh, you, you know, a uh, recruit coming in the 22 class, a pretty good 22 class uh, for, for the Big Green. And, uh, you know, he put on a show uh, on uh, on Sunday night in the second half. Uh, really just a natural shot stopper. Uh, six saves on the day. Really, you know, Backstopping that Americans' defense uh, was a major, major reason why they were able to stay in the game until the very end. I mean, I there was so many shots to getting off, and, and, and you know that defense did a good job, but him just sitting in there and and, and, and taking those shots and being able to come up with those six saves that he did. Uh, by my count, again, six saves there might have been seven, might have been five. I, I had him with six, um, but. Just another player who really shined on Sunday night in the adrenaline All-American game. As I mentioned, another All-American game coming up on this Saturday with the Under Armour All-American game. I believe it's at 8.30 p.m. is when that face-off is scheduled to take place there on ESPNU. Now, moving uh, to 2023, recruiting here, a couple big flips that we've seen the past uh, day or so. Um, Obviously, the summer being a prime time for recruiting, you usually get a kind of fall slash winter, uh, you know, wave of commitments there, September, October, November, a couple in December, and then, you know, you know, Commitment season, you would call it that, is a little slower in the spring. But once you hit May, June, July, ramps up once again with that, uh, you know, class of rising seniors. And uh, obviously, signing day being there in November uh, for these guys, uh, the signing period opens, I should say. Um, And in the 23 class, we've seen Georgetown have a pretty dang good summer uh, in terms, <clears throat> excuse me, of what they have been able to do here um, in this class. 
attackman Paxton Marshall out of Victor, New York. Charlie Hoffman out of St. Sebastian's in Massachusetts, and then Will uh, Coe out of Brunswick uh, there in Connecticut. Uh, Coe, the, the, the one guy that kind of you know, highlights that group, uh, so to speak, <clears throat> at the attack spot that they've picked up this summer was a very, very productive player for, um, obviously, a really good program, really good uh, Brunswick team. This past season, I um, believe he had, I'm trying to think of what he had um, statistically, uh, if I had that written down, but, you know, very good ex-attackman there for the uh, the Bruins, really showcased himself as a kind of quarterbacking type attackman that can you know, be an impact player at the high school level. Um, and... And heading to the Hoyas now, such a good attack play um, in recent years. The Hoyas also landed a commitment uh, actually yesterday, recording here on Tuesday, uh, from Peter Grandolfo, a former Bucknell commit, uh, five foot ten midfielder out of Fairfield Prep in Connecticut. And look, uh, you know, Grandolfo, when you know watching his highlight film last year when he committed to Bucknell, you thought, okay, this is a a quick player who's a constant matchup nightmare. And then, you know, dealt with some injuries this past season, played only 12 games for the Flyers, uh, 12 of 20 games for the Flyers, but uh, was able to watch Fairfield Prep once or twice this year. And, I mean, he, you know, him, and then as well as Marco Feilmender, um, they, uh, you know, those two guys stand out like uh, I don't want to say like a sore thumb, but 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 they, but they pop off the page, if you will, of that Fairfield Prep team. Uh, and and also, you know, played in only twelve games, but a very very productive twelve games it was. Thirty goals, seven assists, helping to lead uh, the Flyers to an SSC title this past spring. You know, mention just the quickness, the shiftiness that that he has, really first step quickness to beat his man, uh, an ankle breaking midfielder, if you want to call him that, and then being able to get, you know, to get by his guy to create separation really from anywhere on the field. He's a guy can play on honestly a tackle midfield at the next level, probably a midfielder, but we've seen him make plays from behind the cage and. And in those traditional attack spots as well, uh, but just a really good shooter that 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 really just makes plays for himself, can make plays for himself, really uh, out of thin air if you really think about it. Um, and he was the second big flip that you had yesterday. The other one being St. Anthony's midfielder Joe uh, Caladrino. St. Anthony's New York, that is uh, Joe Caladrino uh, on Monday night, flipping from Maryland to Penn State. And Penn State we'll talk about here in a second, um, who, you know, who they've lost this summer. Um, well, they did lose Ken McCarthy to, to Virginia earlier this month. Joe Caladrino getting in there. 
uh, now from St. Anthony's. And he's a guy, I, I didn't watch a ton of St. Anthony's last year. I think the only game I watched was the uh, the Chaminade game. And then I saw like bits and pieces um, of some other games that when they were streamed, tuned in late um, to, to those. But th- this is a guy that, and I remember specifically from that Chaminade game, just being a really good transition type guy, a, a, a two-way threat, just really, really good athlete. There it, it, it is Calandrino and, you know, a guy that you'll see making plays on the defensive end can get that gun ball, can be a one man type, be a one man Cleo type type player, and then make an impact on the offensive end as well. He's a four star uh, by inside lacrosse. And, and look, Penn State, they are, the, uh, you know, just like we've seen Duke do in recent years, it's the St. Anthony's team now, uh, the 2023 class. For Penn State, you have Calandrino. You also have Jaden Jenkins, a really good defenseman who committed back in uh, January. And then Patrick uh, Kogo, an attackman out of St. Anthony's, uh, has been verbaled to the Nittany Lions since last September. So you've got three St. Anthony's products in that 2023 class for the Nittany Lions. And as mentioned, you know, earlier this summer, uh, uh, about a, what, a week or so ago, Kian McCarthy uh, flips from Penn State to Virginia uh, and, and a guy that was a kind of two-way type player um, there as well. So, uh, and another New York guy as well, uh, out of Rye, uh, flipping to Virginia, a good get there for Lars Tiffany and the Cavaliers. All right, turning now into the 2024 cycle. The 2024 cycle has not, a, has not begun wholesale. It's begun for the service academies. Air Force, Army, and Navy have all picked up commitments in the 2024 class. Uh, we'll start with Air Force here, go, go alphabetically. The Falcons have one commitment thus far, uh, getting a verbal from uh, Wheaton Academy defenseman Mike Yadell uh, the other day, July 20th, which I guess would have been last last Wednesday, so almost a week ago, getting their first commitment in the 24 class there in Mikey Adele. And by the way, I'll have a article up um, later this week looking at the Service Academy's classes through one month of uh, their contact period being open. Um, Adele, six foot one, two hundred five pound defenseman. Um, and, you know, I, I, I've written, you know, Part of this, this thus far, uh, kind of my notes for him is you know puts defenders on, or puts opposing players on the ground for a living, and you know very physical guy knows how to use his body, uh, but also isn't isn't one of these players from a non traditional state that you see just running through people like it's football. Uh, does have that technical skill with 
his stick as well. Great off the field, great off the ground, runs the field well. Um, you know, athletic playmaker that the Falcons have gotten as their first commitment in the 24 class. For all of me, uh, they're, uh, you know, prized, if you want to say that, get in this cycle also comes from the Midwest, and that is Tade Wynn out of Culver, Indiana, the goalie, uh, a Kansas City native. So he's from Kansas City, um, has, you know, really proven to be what, what many would call the best goalie of the, uh, the best goalie of the cycle. Um, earned some some playing time last season at Culver. Uh, you know, should be in the you know kind of competition to be the starter. You know, this year or, or, or next year there at Culver. Obviously, a lot of talent coming out of that program. And you know, who's going to be in goal? Very competitive competitions there each and every year. And you've seen a lot of really talented goalies come out of Culver, uh, especially here in recent. Years, Tade Wynn is just the next of them, a five-star by NLF, number three player in the country, uh, ranked by them as well. Uh, six foot two, 185. He, he's got the size, uh, but he's also a you know constant, you know, a natural shot stopper who you know constantly just comes up with these saves. You, if you watch his highlights, if you've watched him play, just constantly comes up with these saves that you're like, how, how, how do you do that? Um, Tough saves, hard saves, uh, really stopping stopping the ball from, from really anywhere uh, on the field. A very, very you know natural shot stopper, uh, I, I would say there in Tade Wynn and, and, and the prize to get uh, of the uh, Black Knights class thus far, if you want to put it that way. Uh, the Black Knights have also gotten four different midfielders uh, in this class, John uh, Ajaka out of Malvern Prep. I hope I pronounced that, pronounced that name right. Hunter Aquino out of Academy of New Church, uh, PA. So two PA guys there. Aiden uh, Weissenborn, midfielder out of Wheaton Academy uh, there in Illinois. Uh, so you got two Midwest guys there with Weissenbaum and Wynn. And then uh, Daniel Odell out of Eastport South uh, Manor there in New York. Uh, so really good midfield class that they've put together thus far. The only one of those players I've seen play a full game is is uh, is Weissenborn, uh, uh, Weissenborn, a really good playmaker there in terms of up top, um, another you know, highly touted Midwest product, working well up top. Um, a, a good dodger, has a, a good first step, um, and, and then also, you know, off-ball, pretty good shooting threat uh, there from that 10-plus yard uh, range there. Um, can't speak too much on any of these other guys. Uh, J.P. Guinea, uh, attackman, was their first commitment out of Holderness, New Hampshire. Have not seen uh, the, these guys play a full game of, uh, you know, nothing but the highlights, so don't want to speak too much on them, but uh, certainly a lot of talent that the Black Knights have there in the 2024 class. Now let's head to Navy. And Navy, past week or so, has gotten a pair of uh, players out of St. Joseph's Regional in New Jersey. 
Isaac Cruz, uh, ranked as a five-star by NLF. He committed yesterday to the uh, to the midshipman. I think he, uh, in terms of the NLF rankings, I think he's the second five-star guy that they've gotten. Uh, so uh, yeah, yeah, really good start to the, uh, the the cycle for Navy, and they have seven players committed in this class. Um, and again, I, I think a good midfield unit here, uh, a, a good midfield class, I should say. Uh, William Gregoric out of Shoreham, Wading River, uh, you know, brothers, uh, his brother, obviously there right now, and then there's another Gregoric brother, Alec, uh, committed uh, almost, like, literally almost a year to the day, uh, Liam doing so on July 1st and Alec doing so July uh, 2nd, literally a year apart, almost a year to the day, uh, the, the two other Gregor brothers commit to uh, Navy. Um, they're a, a super talented playmaker there. Um, Isaac Cruz, I, I can speak to, haven't seen St. Joe's uh, play on film a couple of times last year, seen you know, highlights um, enough. Very, very explosive. Very explosive, Isaac Cruz is. Um, and, it, you know, mentioned a five-star by NLF. Gregoric is also uh, one as well. Really, you know, you watch Cruz play, you see the dodging ability, you see the athleticism, you see the speed um, just in terms of explosiveness. I don't know, you know straight line speed. If you'd say he's the fastest player, uh, on, it's the fastest player on the team all the time, but totally in terms of quickness and, you know, first step ability, he is certainly has that could play, you know, both attack and midfield uh, and, and really thrive at either position there. Isaac Cruz could. Um, Cooper Coates, uh, face-off guy to St. Joe's Regional, uh, is another player that they've gotten there in recent weeks. Um, other players here in the class for Navy. Uh, and Danny Aguillo, Bayport Blue Point uh, committed uh, midfielder, committed back on July 10th. Noah Ramirez, attackman out of Colbert, Indiana, committed on July 15th. Also July 15th, Jake Anzello, defenseman out of Seaford Senior, and then Chase Green, a midfielder out of McDonough uh, on July 16th. The player I want to talk about here is Noah Ramirez. And I've seen Noah Ramirez play multiple times, a, a originally from Texas, a, originally played at the Woodlands. Um, yeah, it, really, really good get here. And, and he was a guy that, if you watched any of those uh, NHSOS games, it really, really stood out to you in those games as a playmaker and a guy, you know, as a Dodger that really can make an impact up top on the wings um, there and, you know, Really, really impressed. Transferred into Culver from the Woodlands, um, Texas in January. Excuse me. Uh, in, in January, he he transferred in there uh, from the Woodlands. 
So, you know, transferring in, not playing in the fall with those guys, practicing in the fall with those guys. You're coming in, um, you know, into a new system in January. You come from Texas, northern Indiana. It's freezing cold. Um, you know, he got some clock last season with the uh, – what are they? The, the, the Eagles there. Really, as I, as I mentioned, what, what stands out with him is his play up top on, on the wings. I know he's kind of – he's listed as like an attackman slash midi, um, but really when you watch him as, as a dodger and his long dodges that he can do, how he moves, how dynamic and explosive he is, um, you know, and, and kind of where his sweet spots on the field are, uh, you know, really being able to get to the middle of the field from, you know, the high wings and from up top there. Uh, really, really explosive playmaker that I'm a big fan of. Uh, really excited to see how he is going to be able to improve and continue to grow. Um, and he is headed to Navy. All right, folks, that is it for today's show. Um, as I mentioned, you know, we'll have more on the uh, academy, the service academies and their uh, 2024 uh, recruiting classes thus far later this week. We'll go more in depth on some of these guys. Didn't want to go too deep in on here, uh, but uh, certainly kind of hit the surface with some of those guys I can name off the top of my head. I've, I've seen multiple times, know what, know how their game is. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll surface level here. We'll dig a little deeper. Uh, on the website this week into the 2024 classes of Air Force, Army, and Navy. And as always, connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season. 